Today's episode is sponsored by the PK Do Outreach Foundation. PK Do's mission is to end PKD in families by supporting 100 PKD free pregnancies. How you ask? They will fund pre-implantation genetic testing, also known as PGTM, for 100 families. This is huge, folks. It will enable a new generation of your family tree and a new generation of children to be born without PKD. Learn more and connect with PKDo at www.pkdo.org and join their mission on Instagram at PKD underscore outreach. I'll link both of those out in the show notes for you. It's Diana Bruin, and welcome to another episode of the PKD Dietitian Podcast. Today, we have a listener question about potassium. Allie R. from the UK wrote in and asked, I am really confused around potassium and PKD. Is it good for PKD? Do I need to restrict? Will it hurt my kidneys if I eat too much? She says she has looked online and from what she can tell, she should restrict to 2,000 milligrams to be safe and asks, is this true? That takes away some of my favorite foods, foods that I thought were healthy. Can I never have an avocado or tomato again? Please help. What a great question, Allie, and thanks for writing in. This is something that comes up a lot in the kidney and PKD community. I find potassium to be one of the most misunderstood nutrients out there. It is one of my top three P's of confusion, protein, potassium, and phosphorus. Most of the recommendations that you find online are extremely outdated, but were also meant for folks who are on dialysis. In this episode, I am going to clarify what potassium is. It's perks for PKD. I will let you know what a good intake is and will speak truth to if you should restrict it or not. First up, what exactly is potassium? Potassium is a mineral. In fact, it's an essential mineral. This just means that our bodies can't produce potassium on their own, so we have to get it from an outside source, primarily our diets. You will sometimes hear potassium referred to as an electrolyte. This is because it carries a small positive charge in our bodies. We need potassium for almost every function and every component of our bodies. It is used to help with our fluid balance, muscle contractions, nerve signalings, and potassium also helps support normal blood pressure levels. I will get a little bit more into this in a bit. The big question is, Can and will potassium hurt your kidneys? Our kidneys really are the boss of potassium balance in our bodies. Their primary role with potassium is to reabsorb what our bodies need to function and filter out what we don't. Potassium is primarily excreted that is removed from our bodies by our kidneys. You guessed it, in urine. Your kidneys are smart. And they respond to how much potassium you're taking in, 
They gauge how much your body needs and they keep a tight balance on what they keep and what they get rid of. Adapting to different dietary intakes is something that your kidneys are really good at. They keep what we need and get rid of what we don't. Now, sometimes with decreased kidney function, that's a lower GFR, the kidneys don't filter potassium as well as they should. This is when lab levels, the levels in your blood, can increase outside of the normal range. When I mentioned that potassium plays a role in muscle contractions, well, your heart is a muscle, and having too high or too low of potassium can impact your heart negatively. It can create irregular heartbeats, and in the worst case scenario, can lead to heart attacks. And this is why you hear of being careful when there are high potassium levels. It is dangerous for the heart. So no, potassium will not hurt your kidneys, but high or low levels in your blood can damage your heart. Let's get to a big myth about potassium that is out there. And that is that everyone with kidney disease or any altered kidney function, this includes polycystic kidney disease, should automatically restrict potassium-rich foods in their diet. This is 100% not true and 100% not recommended for PKD and kidney health. What are the recommendations for PKD? The recommendations around potassium for PKD are the same as for CKD, for chronic kidney disease. There is no difference between these, and I support that. These recommendations were actually updated around 2020, thank heavens, because they were ridiculously outdated. KDOKI, which stands for Kidney Disease Outcomes Quality Initiative, that's a mouthful, the NKF, the National Kidney Foundation, and the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics all have the same recommendations around kidney health and are unanimous across the board about potassium recommendations. And I quote, dietary potassium intake should be individualized in adults with CKD. And I mentioned all those foundations because I want to show you that it is unanimous across the board. Food rich in potassium need not be restricted, they say. Potassium-rich foods offer benefits, and they are beneficial to people with CKD. The key word here is individualized. Restriction is not recommended except for those who truly need it. Most of the clients I work with don't need to restrict their potassium. A lot of times they come to me actually restricting it ahead of time, and we end up putting potassium-rich foods back on their plates and back in their diet. With many clients, especially those with a lower GFR, with less kidney function, we take a look at their history, their labs, their meds, everything, to even see if there may be a potential risk in the future for higher potassium levels. Most of the time we are identifying non-kidney related causes. Knowing ahead of time what could potentially cause elevated potassium levels outside of their diet allows them to, if they see a higher number on labs, step back and ask, well, why? Instead of automatically blaming their diet, 
which let's be honest, diet is usually the first thing to be blamed when there is a higher potassium level. It is not recommended for potassium restriction automatically with PKD. And I know what you're thinking. So who does need to restrict potassium then? Should you restrict potassium based on your GFR if it's lower, your estimated function? No. Should you restrict potassium based on what Google tells you? No. Should you restrict potassium based on one lab value? No. So when then? Only restrict potassium when your doctor has told you that you need to. If you see a potassium level or a trend in levels that you aren't sure about, or you think that you may perhaps need to restrict your intake, ask first. Start that discussion with your dietitian, with your doctor. If your potassium lab results come back and they're greater than the normal range, you should be getting a call about it with recommendations on what to do and also likely to set you up with a redraw to check your levels again. Always start that discussion. Talk to your doctor about your labs, your trends, and your intake. Of course, your dietitian can help with this too. You really want to investigate what's causing the higher levels. Now, let's look into some of the perks of potassium for PKD. What we know and what science shows us. There are a lot of perks that come with potassium. I want to highlight three main areas important to PKD that we know a potassium-rich diet has a positive impact. And those three areas are heart health, kidney stone prevention, and bone health. First up is heart health and blood pressure. A potassium-rich diet has blood pressure-lowering effects. How, you say? A diet rich in potassium can help to relax our blood vessels, thus having less pressure on them. This is a good thing. Also, potassium-rich diet helps support normal blood pressure. How? It can help limit the effects of sodium by helping to get rid of more sodium in your urine. Studies also show that a higher intake of dietary potassium equals a lower stroke risk. And all those studies show that an intake of greater than 3,500 milligrams a day was associated with the lowest risk. I like to start with a goal of 3,500 milligrams a day for intake. That's a great place to start. And it's what I do with most of my clients. Also, there's reduced blood pressure with hypertension that's associated with lower stroke risk with a high diet high in potassium. Potassium and sodium are both linked to heart disease, but not in the same way. A diet with a heavy salt intake we know is associated with increased risk of high blood pressure and heart disease, whereas a diet high in potassium intake is associated with the exact opposite, a decreased risk. The effects of sodium and potassium both play a role on blood pressure. So increasing the amount of potassium in the diet while also decreasing the amount of sodium may help lower your blood pressure and reduce your risk of stroke. It is good to know that the impact of these two is greater together. And the relationship between potassium and sodium and blood pressure is often the strongest in salt-sensitive folks. 
and salt-sensitive hypertension, which is very common with PKD. For PKD health, you need much more potassium than sodium. Let's take a quick look at the perks of potassium for kidney stone prevention and bone health. Low potassium intake can lead to calcium getting pulled from the bones. Doesn't sound very pleasant, does it? Having higher intakes of potassium-rich foods, like fruits and veggies, is associated with stronger bone density. Now back to that calcium getting pulled from the bones. Where does it go? It usually gets dumped in the urine. And believe me, you don't want excess calcium in your urine because that is where it can join up with other compounds like oxalate and form crystals and kidney stones. I always like to say, calcium in your bones is good, calcium in your urine is not. Oh, but wait, there are more perks to a potassium-rich diet. Potassium helps make the urine less acidic, and this also helps to prevent stone formation. Observational studies show an inverse association between dietary potassium intake and the risk of kidney stones. And this just means higher intake of potassium, lower risk of kidney stone formation. This is important for PKDers because due to the nature of PKD and its altered pathways, you will often have pretty acidic urine, which is an environment that stones really like to form in. A potassium-rich diet can help reduce that risk of developing kidney stones. Many of my clients and folks in the PKD community are often put on a potassium citrate supplement by their doctor for these exact reasons. I always like to focus on food first with clients. There is so much other good stuff in the matrix of whole food in addition to the single nutrient like potassium we're talking about. Sometimes folks need both dietary, and a supplement. Again, the key to any intervention or recommendation is that it is individualized to you and for you. You might hear potassium referred to as an alkalinizing agent. This just means that potassium and potassium-rich fruits and veggies don't produce acid in your body. In fact, they help to produce the exact opposite of an acid. They produce base. And this base helps to buffer acid and maintain our body's acid and base balance. This is a good thing. Your kidneys play a role in acid and base balance. And a more acid-producing diet, like the standard American diet with an excess of meat, and also like a bulletproof dietary pattern, is more work for the kidneys. A potassium-rich diet helps take some of this workload off of your kidneys. I'd like to take a break from your regularly scheduled podcast episode to give a shout out to Santa Barbara Nutrients and Keto Citra. Keto Citra is the first non-prescription medical food formulated specifically for PKD. Now, I have been highlighting the benefits of potassium for PKD, and it is one of the components in Keto Citra, along with some additional base. Intentionally, both of these components are in Ketocitra, and it's specific for PKD and to help with imbalances that happen with PKD. Those pH and acid-base imbalances I have been speaking to. For more info on Ketocitra, check out episode number 11, which is a great interview with Dr. Thomas Wimes, who is the founder of SBN, that's Santa Barbara Nutrients, 
but also a leading scientist in the PKD world who has dedicated the past 20 plus years of his life and lab's research to studying PKD. The episode is linked out in the show notes, along with more info on Keto Citra and additional info on how it supports PKD health. Check them both out for sure. Now that you understand the myths around potassium restriction, but also some of the perks for PKD that a potassium-rich diet has, let's talk food. What are good sources of potassium? There are two primary sources of potassium, diet and supplements. In our diet, potassium is naturally found in many foods with plant-based foods, think fruit, veggie seeds, being excellent sources. The potassium content of your diet is closely linked to the amount of fruits and vegetables that you eat. They are your best sources. Excellent sources of potassium are, some examples are fruit, bananas, oranges, avocados, and cantaloupe, veggies, broccoli, butternut squash, tomatoes, and asparagus, nuts and seeds, pistachios, peanuts, roasted pumpkin seeds, macadamia nuts, and even beans, kidney and pinto being good examples, and lentils are also a great example of a potassium-rich food source. Now, there is some potassium in animal meat. Chicken and some fish do contain some too. Looking at supplements and additives, Potassium citrate is a supplement frequently prescribed to help prevent kidney stones, also to raise a consistently low urine pH. It works by making the urine more alkaline, that's less acidic. It is the most common supplement I see prescribed by doctors within the PKD community. Rightfully so, we know that having more citrate and a more neutral urine are both associated with less kidney injury less kidney stones, and better PKD outcomes. Back to Keto Citra. It also, if you can tell by the name, has a citrate component, another perk for PKD. And if you are thinking about starting a supplement or Keto Citra medical food and are not sure if it's for you or how it fits in for you, absolutely talk to your doctor and your dietitian for help with that. Now let's talk about some non-nutritional causes of high potassium. That's right. There are causes outside of the kidneys and outside of your diet that can make it go up. Now, first off, I want you to know that you will absolutely see fluctuation in your potassium levels on your labs. It fluctuates. That's normal and to be expected. That is why there is a range listed. Anything in that range is normal. This is just an FYI. If you have gotten a higher than normal potassium level on your labs, there are many potential causes outside of your kidney function and diet. It is worth talking with your doctor or dietitian to explore the causes and not automatically blame diet and start restricting, restricting all those beneficial foods. For example, here are some things that can cause elevated potassium levels. If someone has very high blood sugars, Meds can cause you to hold on to potassium. Common blood pressure meds prescribed with PKD, like lisinopril or lasartan, can both do that. Some diuretic, those water pills, can cause you to hold on to potassium. And even if you have an infection, potassium can go higher than normal. There's a whole module diving into medications and their potential impact on potassium in Master Your Labs for PKD. 
It is really good to know what outside of your kidneys can impact your labs. Master your labs for PKD is worth its weight in gold. And that's not according to me. It's according to PKDers like yourself who have taken it. More info on enrolling is linked out in the show notes. And don't sleep on this self-paced course if you really want to understand your PKD labs and the story they are telling you. Briefly back to the Kadoki kidney recommendation, for doctors and clinicians, this is what they recommend. They recommend that they should actively investigate other factors that contribute to high potassium before dietary potassium intake is restricted. So now let's get into what the current guidelines are. And there's several, so I kind of want to flesh them out a little bit for you to answer that question, how much potassium do you need? The adequate intake, which you see as AI, basically tells you how much you need to function, um, how much you need for an intake. It is not your optimal health level. And recommendations do differ a little bit for men and women. So the adequate intake, and I view this more as the base minimum for males is 3,400 milligrams and for females is 2,600 milligrams. A few years ago, the FDA came out with a different recommendation. That's the Food and Drug Administration. And they based their recommendation on how much potassium to aim for because it was associated with decreased heart disease and cardiovascular risk. That recommendation was 4,700 milligrams for adults. And let me tell you, I tracked how much potassium I was taking in and also made an effort to try to hit this amount. And it was much more difficult than you would think it is. And if you're curious, track your potassium, see what you're generally taking in. It can be pretty darn eye-opening. And last but not least, the World Health Organization, the WHO, they have a great way of making recommendations. So they have a recommendation regarding sodium and potassium together. And I like this because those two, as we know, work together in conjunction for heart health. And they recommend less than 2,000 milligrams of sodium a day and at least 3,510 milligrams of potassium a day. And this is very much in line with how I like to start goals with my clients. As long as they are not potassium restricted, aim for around 3,500 milligrams because that's really where we see the health benefits start to pop off. Let me put these numbers in perspective for you though. A medium banana is about 455 milligrams of potassium. A medium tomato is about 290 milligrams of potassium. And two servings of keto citra is about 600 milligrams of potassium. So you can see it will take some effort to meet these beneficial doses in your daily diet. And most Americans get well below this amount. Also, to put it in perspective, a low potassium diet is usually 2,000 to 3,000 milligrams. This is considered quote-unquote restricted. And a high potassium diet is greater than that 4,700 milligrams. Now, I know I'm throwing some numbers at you guys, but just think big picture in how different it is for meeting your needs, but also getting health benefits. If you aren't sure what your potassium needs are, or if you're meeting your needs, or even how to up-level your intake, talk with your dietitian 
work with your dietitian. There are so many perks for PKD around potassium that it is worth having a PKD potassium plan. That was a mouthful. I just want to highlight your key takeaways here. Number one, it is not recommended for you to restrict potassium with PKD. Number two, you only should restrict potassium if your doctor has told you to because you have high levels or you are at a pretty high risk for having high levels. Number three, high potassium intake will not hurt your kidneys. The risk of a higher lab value is more related to your heart function. And last but not least, the best sources of potassium in your diet come from plant-based sources. Another reason to add more of them to your plate. This was a great question. Thank you, Allie, for sending it in. I suspect this was a lot more information than you guys were thinking you were going to be getting around potassium, but it really is one of the most confusing minerals out there around kidney disease and around PKD health. I hope this helped clear it up, and I hope that some of you are able to put some of those nice potassium-rich foods back on your plate. Until next time, happy eating, and I'm Diana, the PKD Dietitian.